January 16, 1996. Tonight Don said he was going to the auto auction in Lakeland and that I would have to feed the cats alone for the second night in a row. We don't need a car, but he was insistent on going. He said that he had agreed to buy a trailer in Lakeland from the bankruptcy court, but that had been months ago and now the trustee wanted the money, so Don had to look at the property before paying for it. I am going to Bartow tomorrow and told him he could come along and look at it or I could look at it. He said that he didn't know the address and could not tell me how to get there so he would have to do it himself and he couldn't do it tomorrow because he was going to be busy. Doing what? He spends all day trying to hide from work. I had scheduled a hearing on an eviction case and Don said to dismiss the case. I reminded him that all he had received was a promise from the tenants and that to dismiss the case would mean that we would have to start all over if they did not keep their promise. There would not have been a case if the people had kept their promise in the first place. To make matters worse, Don accepted a payment from the guy without a default being cured. In Florida, you can't do that, and Don knows it, but he was adamant about wasting three hours of our time to lose the case. I came home alone at 4.50 p.m. and Jamie was gone. Jim Moore, the guy who sometimes helps us feed at night, has been sick and his attendance has been sporadic. When Susan Aronoff came to feed her favorite cat, Mufasa Lion, I told her that I couldn't stand around and talk because I was the only person feeding. Even with three people feeding, it has been dark every night before we finish. She offered to help and I told her I would help her feed her horses and take her out to dinner like I usually offer Jamie. Jim Moore did show up and we got finished as darkness was settling in. We cleaned up the food prep area, set out food for the cubs in the morning, and all three of us left. I followed Susan Aronoff to her barn and mostly washed her feed. I offered to help, but she knows that I'm scared to death of horses and she declined my help. Afterwards, we decided on steak and ale and we arrived there around 8 p.m. We were the last ones to leave and we stood on the porch and talked forever. Well, she talked forever. She gave me her jacket to wear as my teeth were chattering. I told her that I feared for the cats because I won't let Don treat them like trading cards and he's getting tired of them. I feel that Susan Aronoff can help me find a way to make the business pay for itself and the only time I see her is while I'm trying to feed at night. Tonight I could listen to her at leisure and even if only one idea was worth pursuing then it was better than what I had going right now. I spend all day, every day, working on the real estate. Don is little or no help. Based on last year's figures, I earn $200 an hour buying and selling distressed properties. I can't afford to chase down cheap cat food, handouts, donations, or the dozens of other needs of these cats, but I want to provide well for them. To employ Susan Aronoff or Doug Edwards or anyone else to help in these areas is to be able to help the cats in the condition they deserve. The only service I can really devote to the cats is in the morning and the evening feedings and all of their routine vet care, which is extensive with this many cats. My most recent projects include writing a cat care book and producing the third in my series of videos. The proceeds go to the cats and I believe that I can help cats everywhere by sharing what I've learned. When I came home, there was a green foreign made pickup truck. When I came home, there was a green foreign made pickup truck with a pink arch stripe sitting on the edge of the road. 
Kevin Stevenson left here after being fired for threatening to harm the cats if we ever tried to make him leave. That happened in July of 1995. He drove a similar truck. I came inside and the house was dark. I tried to go into the bedroom and the door was locked. I knocked and no answer. I called for Don several times before he answered and told me to go sleep in Jamie's trailer and go ahead and move in over there. I asked what on earth was bothering him and he kept saying I was stupid if I didn't know. I agreed I must be stupid because I had no idea. He finally said that he wouldn't let me in and didn't want me here anymore because Sandy Whitcock had made dinner and rather than eat it, it was frozen fish patties and green beans, I had taken Jamie to dinner. I told him that Jamie was not here when I fed and that I had not taken her to dinner, but Susan Aronoff, who had helped me feed. He said that I hadn't left a note. I told him that he never gets home before 11 p.m. when he goes to that auction and, did not, and I did not expect him to be home and I did not expect him to be home before I arrived at 1045. He said that he had only been that late once, as if somehow I would not know what a lie that was. I didn't argue the point. When he lies to himself, he believes it, and he expects everyone else to. I told him that I could tell him what happened if he would open the door. We were having a hard time hearing each other. He kept telling me to go away and that I was stupid. I asked him what he could be thinking that was horrible enough to lock me out of our bedroom. Again, he told me I was stupid for asking. I asked him in all of the horrible things that you have ever done to me, have I ever locked you out of our bedroom? He agreed that he had not. I asked to come in so that we could quietly discuss our problem, and he told me I was stupid again. I asked him if he agreed that Kevin's truck fit the description of the one down the road, and he said it was the same. I told him that I was not running out in a rage, but I was worried about why that truck was here and I was going to go check it out. I did so, but I could not see, I did so, but could not see the silhouette of the truck on the side anymore, so I came back in. I regrouped my thoughts and tried to figure out why he would be so angry, even if I had taken Jamie out to dinner. Sunday, I had asked if he would take my mother, Jamie, and I out to dinner after church, and he had suggested that we go alone. Sunday is my day to devote wholly to Don, so we did not go. Still sitting here, I don't know why dinner with Jamie is such a big deal, except that he is insanely jealous of any time I do spend with her. I asked him if he had changed his mind, and he said that he did not even want me in the house. I begged him to open the door and let me know what was going on, but he said he wouldn't discuss it any further, and that was the end of it. I stood there for quite a while, got really mad, and said, you deserve to sleep alone, you hateful bastard. Wow, that's like the meanest thing I ever said. I ran to my car and left. I drove down to where the truck had been parked, and it was gone. There was a pickup back off the road now, but I could, see, but I could not see the features, and it appeared empty. I needed gas, so I drove to the corner and filled up. Fearing that Don may harm Jamie, I went back home and called her to make sure she was all right. She answered, but she had been asleep. She said they had had a school basketball game and that she had lost. There is nowhere for me to go. If I leave, Don will neglect the animals and sell them at auctions to taxidermists and hunting ranches. If I stay, he will try to do the same, but at least I can stand more of a chance of protecting them. 
At least his abuse does not rip my heart out like it used to. I am crying, but it is for the precious ones I take care of and self-pity. I quit crying out of pain that Don inflicts on me back in December.